Yeah, welcome to the Get After It podcast. I just was listening to that, and I'm thinking, oh, I wish I would have changed so many things, but it still makes me want to get after stuff. So, Well, and when I think about it, I'm not as musically inclined as you. I just really like it. You're That's what I think it. about. I, I sit over here, and I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's official now. It's official. This, so this is episode two. It's it's our intro. We'll we'll make some tweaks. But yeah. as we asked for feedback last episode, mm-hmm. give us your feedback this yeah. episode. So welcome to the Get After It podcast. My name is Joe Ryan. My name is Brian Gustafson. And we're so happy that you're here listening to our cool little deal that we're doing. This is officially podcast number two. N- numero dos. Numero dos. The big. I don't know. I don't know. How to <laughs> I, I do want to share real quick. We were looking at analytics right before our guest came here. So it's officially our first episode with a guest. First episode with a guest. He will mm. be introduced shortly. You, you can have any kind of input you want right now if you would like, but you're not officially introduced. So people, you're just going to be the, the it magical voice. It won't even count. That yeah. nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and I, would, so, I would just say that sequels can be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> episode two. They can right. be better. Right. They can be better. And so we were looking at the analytics. We have listeners in Texas. And what was the other one? Belgium? Thank you, Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. If you are listening from Belgium or Texas. Or Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. Yeah, we appreciate you. And then also all of our listeners in Great Falls. And we haven't promoted anything yet. So we're pretty happy that there's people finding us. However that's that's happening. No idea how you found us, but thank you for finding us. Thank you for that. Um, yes. what, what was the other updates we needed to give? We needed to talk about the intro a little bit. The intro uh, was covered, so uh, please give us feedback um, any way that you can find us, and we'll be letting you know how to find us at the end of the show. Um, and we need some updates on a little coffee teaser that we teased them with. Last yeah, week. yeah, we teased, and I said, oh, I will definitely have an answer. Definitely. It's definitely, right? So I laid on us. I don't. I'm a disappointment. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So what we do, what we do know is that it's going to be a, a coffee that originates from either Brazil or Guatemala. I just feel like it's it's so cool. It's like coffee science. I, <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be so in depth and awesome. So I'm excited for this. I, I I really am too. My my wife likes the Brazil coffee. I like the Guatemala coffee, I, and I might be partial to the Guatemala coffee because I've been there. Uh, I, did, I used to do some mission oh. trips in Guatemala at an, at an orphanage, Casa Barnabé Orphanage in Guatemala, several years in a row. So I'm kind of partial. I've been to coffee plantations in Guatemala, so I kind of want to go with the Guatemala Signature Roast for the Get After It podcast, Signature Roast Coffee. That's the long name that we have for it. I mean, just, I mean, that, that even that story makes, I can almost like taste the dirt that you're... <laughs> That you were walking through, you know, in the coffee fields. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like you're picking up a handful of dirt and you're just like smelling it, you know, like uh, from the movie Twister where he's just. <laughs> okay. I do not remember them smelling dirt in Twister. It was a, it's a weird reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so that's, that's the update with coffee. We okay. will, we will try by next week to have an official, you know, this is where the origin's going to be from. Maybe we'll have some tasting notes as well. Yeah. Uh, to go with that. And then that coffee, when we have it, it's going to be for all of our listeners that want to help um, support the channel. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it's going to cost because I don't know how much it's, the initial cost is going to be. And then we're just going to make a, a buck or two mm-hmm. per, per bag. And it's really just, uh, yeah, to help you get after it every morning when you wake up, have a get after it coffee. And help us get after paying our bills and c- continuing the podcast. Right, right, Cause right. We don't want to do other stuff and this podcast. We just want to do this podcast pretty soon. I mean, so <laughs> quality will go up. I mean, my God, 
think about it. it it's going to be amazing. Mm. Well, now that we got the news taken care of. Nothing else, right? I don't feel like we don't have to have any other. Ah, if we have something, you know what? We'll just rabbit trail right into it. So right. I think we'll be okay. I, I think, Joe, having you introduce our guest, you've known him for much, much, much longer than I have. Uh, yes. Um, our, our very special guest today is Gabriel Vasicek. And I'm not going to tell you all of the cool things I know about Gabe, but I will just say we do go back a long way. Gabe is a great person, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself and kind of talk to us about, and because I know that there's a ton of, like there could be a ton of different things that you're doing, um, but um, just let us know which one you'd kind of like to talk about today, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure thing. Well, my name is Gabriel. I go by Gabriel, my uh, my spoken word or my performer name. Gabriel. Yes, I've uh, published a book of poetry a few years ago, and I've got a few more in the works. Um, I'm also a, a local business owner, Montana born and bred, lived in Montana most of my life. Um, all the life that really counts. <laughs> Raised my kids here, had a good time here, and uh, love love everything that Montana and Great Falls has to offer as far as getting after it because I think it really calls you out to be a creator. Uh, not everything is already being done, like when I travel to big cities, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I just get the overwhelming feeling many times that uh, everything's already being done, or the, yeah. the, the, the garden plot is already crowded with plants. Whereas here, we've got fertile soil, mm -hmm. a little windy, but if you tend your plant and water it, you can grow and learn a lot of good lessons about things like that. I produce local events here, and um, I'm also involved with uh, local public radio. I'm the station manager currently and uh really enjoy reflecting local media back to the people that's cool um that's kind of what um made me think about inviting you on because you're in radio al already and we are fledgling recording artists or whatever <laughs> well and i think i think with the first you know the the pilot or intro episode and then the episode that officially comes out tomorrow mm -hmm. we're actually like almost teaching people how to come up with a podcast because we're just doing it on air as we're doing this. And so it makes sense to have somebody that that's been doing this for a while, come on and maybe give us some pointers. Yeah. Help us along. And um, yeah, we just appreciate you being here. So yeah, well, I appreciate sure. the invite and I really think that you guys, um, you know, I think a lot of it is just being genuine, being yourself, having an organic conversation and allowing that to sometimes lead you to places you didn't even know you were going. And uh, I, I find that, we're, we're living in a society where everything to me seems a little bit overproduced on the macro media level. And I think people really resonate when there's um, an organic or a serendipitous quality about it where not even the hosts necessarily know where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Getting uh, just the raw, raw feelings and emotions. And yeah, the overproduced thing, you know, when we do have an Instagram for the podcast, but. Mm -hmm. Instagram really, you know, there's there's all these memes out there where Instagram versus reality and how much people put filters on everything and we want to show this face of just being perfect, but as we get after it we we've realized even just in the first two episodes there's a lot of mistakes that happen as as you go go through all of that. You can't yeah. have this perfect filtered thing that comes out. No. Well, and I would just say too, like listening or reacting to how you came to the opening of the show where you were listening to yourself with that producer's ear. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important quality, but it's also important to at a certain point, you know, you have a framework, you have a plan, but at a certain point you let it go too. And that makes room for the next um, instance of uh, get after it, I suppose, to put it in the context of this podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, I, th I think that as a creator, we're always like listening to ourselves even more than 
or, or paying attention to the minute details even more than the average person is. So it's important now and then to listen as if you are not the actual creator, as if you're listening through the ears of someone who maybe has already had a, a busy day and is just listening for some interesting uh, moments, you know, maybe not as closely as we would listen ourselves. So, Yeah, you're right. That's interesting because uh, when, when Brian tells me what he likes about the song, it's the parts that I'm trying to edit out of there. And I'm like, oh, my imperfections. I don't want people to hear those. And Brian's like, well, you know, everything is so perfect on everything that you hear. Like to hear those little imperfections kind of makes it more enjoyable for me because I know a human is playing it. The, and I the thought, finger wow. noises. Yeah, like we finger noises. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, there is something to that. I mean, to, to hear those noises, many, many producers will leave those in just for that very reason. Because, I mean, that's what you would hear if you were in the room with someone and they were kind of playing some guitar for you. Well, you'd hear those finger noises. And it that, it gives okay. you that atmosphere, you know, that, that extra um, engagement of your senses. Kind of like when you were talking about the coffee experience down in Guatemala. It, it's... Uh, it's a whole, it involves all of your senses, not just the ingredient label, you know? So you're like, um, even telling that story now. And then when people are able to exchange some value for value and support the podcast, um, by, uh, by getting that, then they can kind of like taste your story or that story along with the resonance of that story instead of just like, you know, Oh, this is just another coffee, just another label. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the, the interesting about thing about that is when I was deciding kind of what to do here, I actually decided on the coffee before Joe and I connected. Mm-hmm. And part of it was remembering that, well, the, one of the biggest senses in bringing up memory is the sense of smell, and coffee just does that. Yeah. So just like that, if we go with the Guatemalan coffee, which, I, again, I'm kind of leaning towards that, but it's not official yet, yeah, it does bring in that story. And for me, I'm remembering two different plantations. I walked around and saw how coffee was made. And before that moment, I didn't know that it was made from a, uh, an actual fruit. And it's actually the seed yeah. of the fruit. And then the whole process to get, not even to what's in our bag, to get what goes to the person that puts it in the bag is just, it's just a huge process. So yeah, and it does bring up all those memories. And I really, I really like it. And I also want to go back just a second from, from your introduction. I loved your analogy of this Great Falls, Montana area, and it, almost looking at it like a garden. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fresh soil. It is windy. I like that you pointed out wind, but it's just fresh soil. And it's not an overpacked garden here. And we have a lot of potential in this city to, to really just, just bring so much creativity out. There's a lot of creative people here and, and a good avenue uh, to be able to to get that stuff out there. There really is. And both Joe and I have hosted open mics around this town for a couple of decades now. And uh, I've always been uh, amazed by the depth of character and in the artists and the people here. I, I kind of have another pottery metaphor where, you know, once you finish your pottery, you can, you can fire it once. But if you really want that fine glaze, you've got to fire it twice. And this is kind of like a, an artist community where I think people put themselves through that, that process a little bit more naturally, um, even before they come out and share their art, whether it's visual artists or painters or, or spoken word or musicians. And uh, I've always been impressed with the, um, the quality of the art here. Uh, as I've traveled around and participated in poetry slams and things like that, you know, there's, there's always one or two people who like really stand out and, and have some well-crafted pieces. But it seems like... It's, um, it's a little easier to just kind of go to the, to the normal baseline in a lot of places with, with uh, whatever art is. 
And uh, here in Great Falls, I just really feel and have experienced many times uh, artists take me to places that I didn't expect them to. And uh, it's one of the things that I, I look at Great Falls as an opportunity, really. It's, a, it's an opportunity zone. And uh, many of the lessons I've had the opportunity to learn here, I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn in a larger, more populated area where many things are going on. And you've got to kind of, you know, work your way up the, the clicks and such. Um, but here you just get to be a creator and uh, you get to experience that and learn from that. And, and I, I, I definitely look at that as an opportunity. And, and uh, right now, some growing areas or areas that I think of for artists and creators to go would be, uh, you know, Seattle. LA, New York, and then uh, Texas. Um, Austin. Austin. Austin is really growing right now. Yeah. But just like you said, there's so much competition yeah. and so much white yeah. noise that's out there where everybody seems to be doing the same filtered mm-hmm. thing. It would be really hard to, to rise above the, the muck and mire of all of that and be the, the plant that grows, right? Exactly. You're, you're amongst all these thorns and you're going to get kind of weeded out right yeah. right. <laughs> weeded yeah. out for example i um there's no way i could be i mean not no way but there's a very little chance of me being a musician in in the at the level that i'm at if i lived in one of these other cities because i started way later in life i wasn't a musician growing up so i wouldn't have had all those times you know to, to compete with the other like-minded people in my area and then to go to one of those areas where there everyone is i mean in austin for example you have to usually pay to get in front of a good good crowd you're the one paying them for the opportunity to just get on stage and we're here in great falls montana people pay me to pay to play this music and i'm like it's because there's not 500 of joe ryan's running around you know that can do the exact same thing right right so i have the opportunity to just make myself into whatever is available here with the soil i have allotted you know i can't maybe be a rock star in this capacity but man i can really be a musician that really you know finds the success and happiness that i think every musician whether they're a rock star or not, are, are looking for the type of happiness that I have every day. Like, I get to play what I want, I have really good shows, I get a lot of good feedback, and I listen to rock stars, and they're like, man, I've been traveling for 300 days this year, haven't seen my family or my beautiful house that my you know, money and music has paid for, and I don't really enjoy my life. And so I think while we're all getting after that, our, our certain things that we're getting after, it is important to find, you know, important to acknowledge that we all have a different idea of what that is. And so when if everyone's thinking, we go, oh, we all got to go to Broadway, then a lot of people are going to Broadway and failing. And so if we, as this podcast, can just open everyone's minds to like, hey, wherever you are listening, if you're not in, great, if you're not in um, New York or L.A., if you're in the middle of Ohio or you're in the middle of Nebraska, just know that you can do the exact same thing that we're doing here. And we just want to have as many examples as we can on this podcast. And after saying that, we should move into the speed round so we're gonna have speed round yes so there's a few rules for the speed round that we make up on our own yeah we just make them up how do you find that what's that we need the music queued up don't we you can give me a little boost on the on the mic just a little bit a little bit of a boost on the Mm -hmm. mic here there we go and And then we click on this button and then we go back over there there we go so the rules rules for the speed round are we're going to ask you alternating. Joe will ask the first question, I'll ask the second. We're going to ask 10 questions as quickly as we can, but give you some time you know, to, to process a question. Think, think one to three seconds, then have your response ready. We've created these questions so they can just be short answers, but then we may have the possibility later in the episode to come back if we get an interesting answer as we come through. You're going to hear Joe 
turn the pages on the notebook we have here in front of us because we there it is there it is the high quality mic picking up picking it up but you're going to hear that as we're going through this because our questions are on two different pages but we're going to ask these questions the the biggest thing is just don't be scared we said don't be scared no (laughs) question one um so question one baked potato with everything on it garlic mash or poutine Oh, garlic and mashed. Mm-hmm. Longest road trip you've taken in miles? Road trip, but that implies not flying. So um, I'd say probably about uh, 3,800 miles round trip down through uh, Arizona and New Mexico and back up to Montana and a few other side journeys besides. 3,800. 3, nice. That's quite the trick. Coffee or tea? Mm, depends on the time of day, but coffee, if I had to choose one or the other, I mean, coffee gets me going. I'm with you. Okay. Another food question, Indian food or Vietnamese? Mm. I suppose I would have more experience eating Indian food, so I'll go with that. Vietnamese, a couple of times I've been burned, quite literally. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite color? Midnight blue. I think that would be my favorite color. I'm a fan of all the colors, but I do like midnight blue. Mm-hmm. Cat person or dog person? They both have their uh, qualities. They both have their Buddha nature. You got to pick one. I'll go dog. <laughs> I'll go canine. There you go. Okay. So when you're going outside on a short trip, like getting uh, the mail or bringing in your garbage, what do you wear on your feet? Are you barefooted, slippers or shoes, or shoes with the heels um, um, laid down, mashed, mashed down. <laughs> if it's just around my house, I really like to go barefoot. Even in the snow. Okay. Especially Ooh. in the snow. Ooh. It's my Scandinavian nature, I think. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Top ramen or mac and cheese? Uh, I need a C on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I like that. That's an okay answer. Yeah, I like that. Thinking outside the box or um, bag. Ice cream sundae toppings. What are you? What are you drizzling on that oh, uh, vanilla ice cream or whatever we got? Hot fudge and peanut butter. Used to go with marshmallow when I was a kid, but I really like hot fudge and peanut butter. I like the little drizzly peanut butter. Drizzly peanut butter. I like it. Yeah, okay, if you we, there's only two superpowers available. There is no option C. Fly or be invisible. Mm. I think I would much rather fly. I mean, we all practice being invisible these days. <laughs> that is the end of the end of the speed round. Nice work. You got all the, you got all the answers correct. So I've always enjoyed improv, so that was fun. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Cool, cool. And that gives us stuff that we can go back to later because a, lo- a thirty-eight hundred mile road trip—that's a long trip. There's mm-hmm. plenty of stuff that we can chat about there. Yeah. Yeah. Some I might uh, edit out for um, you know brevity and or uh, content for the podcast, but. It's, uh, it's amazing what uh, industry and uh, getting things done in your own way will uh, lead you to do. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your um, new or newish job with uh, public radio locally. What type of things um, are you looking to do there? Right. Well, I've been involved, involved with public radio. I did my first show in 1998, and I've been doing music shows there for a long time. Um, recently we've had to go to an all volunteer format, uh, as far as like, um, not having a, a total full-time paid position, 
to kind of guide the station that we've had for a long time. And the previous station manager did a great job for a lot of years. We lost our corporation for a public broadcasting grant about uh, four years ago. And so we've been challenged, I think, to really reach out into the community and monetize in that way, too, through underwriting and and sponsors and people who really value uh, what is done on public radio. And for me, I mean, I appreciate being informed on what's going on out in the big world. But for me, public radio is really about local media. And it's about... uh, sharing local voices and one of the reasons that i've decided to kind of dive back in with a lot of my energy and time is to produce local shows and um, especially the talk format and things like that where people are interviewing you know local guests whether it's the chamber of commerce um you know talking about what they've got going on because we have a very active chamber of commerce here in town and uh it's really the nonprofit scene. We've got a lot of nonprofits. Some of I didn't even know until we went to this kind of nonprofit meeting. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great things going on in our community that we need to know about. And it's not all just like the good stuff either. Sometimes we need to discuss, you know, like some of the more unique challenges to our local area, whether it's Montana or just even in Great Falls. And to me, that is the the true function of of um, of public radio is to really be a voice for the public. Mm, yeah. And. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and ask, what is your official title? I'm the program director and uh, de facto station manager <laughs> for the for for KGPR Public Radio. It's eighty nine point nine on the FM dial here in Great Falls, but you can uh, also listen to it online at kgpr.org. I, I was on there with a, a podcast with Thomas. Oh yeah, and did a podcast with him about Childbridge, and I just wanted to make sure you know as we're talking about this, we're talking about locally great falls Mm -hmm. and you're the program manager or director program director and station manager like basically i do everything that kind of keeps the station going day to day and is your position also a volunteer position or is this one um yeah it's kind of uh currently it is um it's kind of one of those things where as we continue to grow the station there's an opportunity to kind of um perhaps get into a more of a paid position but i think the board really kind of struggled over having to let our full-time station manager go uh, for even an extra year or two, even though after we lost the grant. And so I think that what we're really doing now is just really plowing into the the vibrant community of people who are uh, all in just kind of like no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of, I think, turned the soil a little bit on, uh, on public radio, and there's a lot more local involvement. There's some people who have really stepped up and uh, spent a lot of their time too, uh, to join the board or to facilitate recording these local shows and, and um, meeting up with guests and going out and recording live events and then we can broadcast them on the air. And so for me, I guess, I, I look at it the same way I've always looked at my art. I have, um, you know, water in the wheel. I've been thankful enough to, you know, I've been a publisher for a long time of a, of a car magazine. Another thing that probably wouldn't have happened in a big city, right. <laughs> the opportunity to be a publisher here locally. And that's kind of my main water in the wheel. And that's allowed me to kind of then not necessarily have to put money at the top of the list of priorities of what I choose to do. So if it comes, it comes. If it, if it comes around, it does. And if we really monetize it, I'm open to that, just like I'm open to monetizing art and things like music and things like that, too. But it's not uh, of prime concern. So when you talk about the water in the wheel, you're, you're talking about the, the 
article, not the article, the um, magazine that you publish. Mm-hmm. That's your water in the wheel. Yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I've been doing that since 1998 too. So it's a, it's a car magazine and we give it away for free, but then charge advertisers to be in it. And we cover about two thirds of the state and it's really taught me a lot about business, but also just like um, interacting with others. And even in, I've been on a lot of boards and things like that. And that, that kind of, um, uh, perspective of running my own business has kind of served me well on boards or doing community-minded things too. So, I I, w- I want to ask uh, you mentioned the board for uh, public radio. Is that how? Uh, I'm I'm really a, a newbie when it comes to public radio, so I'm, I might ask questions that seem very silly, but I, I want to get our listeners in there with me as well. So when you mention a board, is that something that just like, you know, for the nonprofit with Childbridge, we have a board of directors as well that has the kind of almost the the final say in what what happens. We have an executive director, but she reports to the board. Is that the same thing? You're the main reporter to this board. Yeah, I'm the main emissary from the actual physical station, but really everything kind of runs through the board. We have a president um, and, you know, it's all kind of like structured in a typical board environment with bylaws. And it's been uh, established since 1983, the Great Falls Public Radio Association. And it's had a board since then with the main directive of developing local programming. And it's kind of gone through different uh, permutations of that, a sine wave, if you will, mm-hmm, <laughs> of mm-hmm. ups and downs throughout the, the years. But um, no, everything runs through the board. And uh, there's actually a couple of vacancies on the board currently. So if people uh, want more information about that, they can uh, send us an email through our through the website, kgpr.org. But it's, um, it's ultimately one of those things where you've got to have, you've got to be able to achieve consensus. You've got to be able to kind of not, not necessarily solve everything, but solve what, you know, solve things in balance so that it's meeting the needs of, of uh, varying, whether it's the listeners or the board members themselves or what I think uh, after 22 years of being involved at the station. So, And so with, with uh, well, the, the, actually, the question I wanted to ask was for any, anybody listening to this podcast, you mentioned a couple different ways that they can listen, but if you had to pick one right now that you wanted to push everybody to, this is the one avenue we'd really like to see, you know, grow or it's the best avenue to listen to us or, you know, whatever, where would that be? Well, I, and nothing beats the radio fidelity if you're listening in your car, you know, things yeah. like that. It's just kind of nice to be able to tune it in on the dial, old fashioned style. Yeah. But as far as like the, any number of listeners out there are going to be wanting to listen through their phones or listen from outside of the area. And in that case, you'd have to stream it. So for our Belgium listener, where should he go? Uh, KGPR.org. And then there's a streaming link right there, or you can just type in slash streaming. I think I've been to that website. It was, at first, it looked like it was going to be one of these websites that's kind of hard to navigate, but I I could easily find what I was looking for. Like I was looking for Brian's uh, interview and it had been, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. And so, um, yeah, I I could easily find it. So KGPR.org. And I'm just now putting that together. That's the reason we're actually together right now is because of the interview I did. Okay. Yeah. The reason why this, we are a partnership on, you were already doing doing a podcast. The reason why we have started a partnership is because Gabriel is keeping this radio station open and having you on and doing interviews. And then I just heard you having worked with him like over 10 years ago. And I thought, Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder what he's up to. That's it. I just kind of did a little save thing on my and it was on my Facebook feed because someone was sharing it on Facebook and and then I saw your wife like weeks later because I forgot to listen to it and I never go back and listen to anything I save on Facebook. <laughs> it's just good intention, okay? But then when I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, I've got this interview to listen to. So then when I did, I was like, man, this and and I thought you're actually pretty um, 
pretty well spoken too. I mean, not to not to give you little compliments. Oh right yeah, now. my my head is getting ready to explode. I'm just yeah. saying. I was like, oh, he sounds pretty good. You know, like I remember I remember he sounded like an ape when I was working with him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He did. He was well, I think definitely. That, I think that that's that's like. proof positive of of what public radio can do, which is just facilitate local connections and sometimes in ways that you just can't really predict. And many times I've had people uh, overhear me in public and they're like, are you on the radio? And little things like that where it kind of comes back around. And that's just the difference with community radio as opposed to, you know, anything that's mass produced, mass consumed. Um, there's something that's a little bit more at home about it. And I really appreciate that. I mean, we always, we always like that home style cooking when you get it. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and so if someone was going to go there on this website, cause they're, they're going to, our, our listeners are going to go and they're going to get on the website. What's the first thing you would recommend them to, to listen to? Well, there's a whole host. We can't uh, archive our music shows, and I do a lot of music shows um, where I host those because you can't provide those on demand. You can only listen via the stream while it's actually happening. You can't provide it on demand. There's a different degree of licenses for that. But um, all of our local content um, is available in like a podcast form. There's a link to Podbean like right from our homepage, and you can kind of sort through all the different programs that we've posted up there. Um, they've been posting them for a number of years now. We've got a, a local show called Vets for Vets that's uh, veteran-oriented. It represents um, a lot of veteran perspectives, challenges, but also triumphs, uh, things going on locally. Mm-hmm. We've got Front Range Outdoors, uh, hosted by uh, Amy Greasack and Marty Bannon, and they cover all sorts of things uh, like going out and hiking the local trails to talking with the director of Glacier National Park about how they're going to run things this year. Um, so it's a variety of, of local media, and we have a local uh, show that's been running for a long time called Voices and Views. Uh, the current host of that is Thomas Risberg, and he—that's um, probably the show you were on, actually. It is. Yep. And um, and he really uh, has done a good job digging into that nonprofit scene, but also just finding unique and innovative guests, mm-hmm. uh, talking about what's going on in Great Falls, and giving us an opportunity to, you know, reflect back to the community what's going on. Yeah. So there's a, there's a few other shows that you'll find on there too, but you can kind of listen on demand to the podcasts or listen via stream to like the music shows. Um, we actually only have about 15 hours of local programming a week currently. Um, the rest of it is uh, the stream from Montana Public Radio and uh, National Public Radio, NPR. And that is, um, so we're kind of like all together in on that. Um, and I, I won't go too much back into the history as far as public radio goes, but we've, we've had more local hours in the past and we've had less too, but mm-hmm. we're in kind of a sweet spot now where we can produce and provide unique content without having to do 24 or seven, three you know, right. which adds up quick. Time moves along fast. So, yeah. So, um, how, so you said you're in a sweet spot, but how many um, shows would you like to bring it up to or or what are your goals uh short-term goals for the the radio station i don't think there's a ceiling as to how many hours i mean in the directive of the bylaws originally we were going to have a whole separate station and there was going to be montana many we're the we're the largest city in montana that doesn't have its own radio public radio station and then a lot of them will choose to restream some of the bigger ones like montana public radio or yellowstone public radio yeah but then they have their own too so you have actually two separate signals and so we've kind of you know, trended towards um, those sorts of things in the past. But really for me, I think it's to go deliberately and not take on too much because especially if you're a volunteer-run organization, um, people have a tendency to maybe overcommit out of the gate and then get burned out. And so I would much rather like 
keep it on a nice pace where people can plan for it. I mean, I know my, even myself doing a weekly show or a music show or things like that. There's some days where I'm like, Oh my God, I just felt like I finished a show yesterday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, and, and I've, I've been uh, a, a pastor for about uh, over a decade and we've, that's uh, many churches I've been a part of or, or, you know, even just r- relating to, that's a huge problem. You get people that are so excited to, to serve inside the, the church, you know, volunteer, and they'll sign up for, you know, taking care of kids and serving food and going and helping in the community. And after a couple months, man, they just, it just gets, gets burnt out. And that's definitely, I think with volunteerism, it's, it's good to not, not sprint, but kind of run a nice jog, a nice pace. Uh-huh. And, and preemptively respect their time out of the gate, even if they are, don't Absolutely. know to do that, you know, because they'll, they'll learn quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, what's, what's your next question you got here? My next question is as follows. Um, let's see. Um, tell me something you wish people knew more about you. You know, mm. something that something that you're you're kind of you know you got you like it, and it's just not something that you get to express enough, and just something you wish you could just kind of put out there for people. Mm. Well, I'm a I'm a pretty um, deep person, so I can like really converse with people on whatever level they're at, and so I think I've I'm, I'm an empathic person. I really feel like what people are feeling, and I try to reflect back the best versions of people. I think that that's really kind of my art mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, but. Um, and I think in this day and age, you know, people are kind of burnt out a little bit on being informed about different things. So generally, I just kind of try to sense where people are at and then maybe lean into the edge or lean into the pipeline of where their own wave is taking them. Mm-hmm. But as far as my own bliss, really, I've uh, done energy work and, and Reiki and things like that for um, and therapy of a variety of different ways for uh, 20 years. And I've spent uh, thousands of hours with my hands on people and just kind of channeling and feeling the lessons of, of what I consider to be um, maybe even a more prominent sense than the other five, which is the sense of energy mm-hmm. and energy flow. You know, it's called chi and ki in a, a Eastern wisdom and things like that. But I, yeah. I, we have our five popular senses, but um, I really think that we've got uh, other senses besides that. And so I've uh, really had profound experiences with people um, channeling energy and, and uh, listening to people and their energy and uh, reflecting that back to them. And that's probably my bliss. That's Some people know that about me, but generally I don't bring it up unless I feel like it's going to be something that um, resonates with them. Thanks for I, muting. I think I muted that, but in case you heard some noise, Joe was messing with his, his mic uh, at the same time. So I want to... Mm-hmm. So, Energy, putting your hands on people. I need, I need more information. Reiki, yeah. right? Is a, the one that you would call it Reiki? Or is there yeah, well, I mean, I think that there's a variety. I think everybody does it. We, you know, where attention, yeah. where attention goes, energy flows. Yes, yeah, And so whether, like I grew up in a church environment, and I went to church a lot, and I actually witnessed people, like the church elders, like laying hands on people and things mm-hmm. like that. And that did make a prof- and even the the teachings of Jesus and the, like if you follow his his uh, his storyline, <laughs> like many times it's like all these things you can do and more if you have but faith. And that always really stuck with me from a standpoint of not just like learning the story or the narratives of what are flowing through the Bible, but like what was that like living it. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, I've really always just resonated. I have a strong kinesthetic sense or a strong sense of feeling, even more so than a lot of my other senses. And um, 
a lot of times, you know, when I first discovered it, it's like uh, you hold your hands a little bit apart and you can feel like a magnetic resistance. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, I just kind of just started playing with that. And then I did, I did learn Reiki, which kind of gives it a structure of, oh, you say know. The, say the name again. Reiki. It's, it's basically a Japanese word, and it means life and uh, ki, or like chi, or energy, life and energy. How do you spell that? R-E-I-K-I. <clears throat> and it. so, okay. but it's but it's basically the same underlying thing that I think we all do. We live, we're finite beings living in an infinite energy kind of matrix. You know, like where there's an infinite amount of energy available to us. And I I, I look at us like we're almost like antennas, mm-hmm. uh, cosmic antennas, and we broadcast with a frequency. Every one of our cells is vibrating with a certain frequency, mm-hmm. and those can be in harmony. Those can be in disharmony. And so, really, you know, it's not my job as a quote unquote healer to heal people. It's to let their body be in its natural state where it can become its best, you know, like, like it wants to do. And so often when I, when I do, uh, when I put hands on people and they're up on the table, the massage table or whatever, they'll uh, fall asleep within 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. because what their body really needs is to get the thoughts out of the way <laughs> because we're such a, we live our lives through our mind so often. And I think uh, the sense of energy encourages us to live more through our heart or through our our sensory uh, other senses than just the thought or the visually dominated um, narrative that we're living through and so uh, that to me is like it's it's more real than than a lot of people would consider uh, um, through their normal senses you know because even physics tells us it's like you're not really touching that coffee cup you know it's all just like an interaction of atomic particles and things like that and what really has always interested me is where science is really starting to prove we're getting fine instruments now where science is really proving spiritual tenets there's an overlap now and spirit is what spirit has been saying for a long time is now being kind of like theorized in the quantum realms and things like that so i think that there's an overlap there that everybody can agree on and find a path to what ultimately empowers them. Yeah. You know, I kind of test everything in my life by, does it make me feel better? Does it better my, my long-term enjoyment of life and also put me in the moment, you know? You know, I ran into something very similar to that. Um, and I've done a Reiki thing, a uh, Reiki session with Gabe before, and it was pretty cool. I would say that, you know, I'm, I, I didn't know what I was, you know, I, I couldn't tell you whether or not it was like, oh, it worked for me. You know, but I, I understood what was going on. And then listening to you talk about it again, it reminded me of something else that I participated in called ART, which was uh, accelerated release technique or something. Active release Active technique. Active release yeah. technique. And it's uh, related to EMDR. But what, how they explained it to me was it was a distilled version of that. Mm-hmm. And all they're trying to do is, and I love this part about it because I, I did a few sessions with um, a counselor friend of mine. And they sit you in a chair and they kind of wave their hand back and forth. And I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. And they're like, because they're asking you to picture this terrible thing that has caused you trauma. And instead, uh, because that's what happens to us, this energy, these thoughts in our brains, this trauma has been packed away in the animal part of our brain. And so we can't reason with it. And so what they're trying to do is basically when they, uh, when the person asked me to picture this thing, this movie that happened to you, um, but also be looking at my hand waving back and forth. And I'm like, well, it's kind of hard. And like, well, that's kind of the point, you know, you're kind of distracted, you know, and it will be a little bit weird to try to do this while looking at something else, but that's kind of the point. We're trying to almost trick your brain into not, um, giving us the same picture and the same defense mechanisms that it always does. And so we're not going to reason with your, your reasoning part of your brain. We're going to go right to the animal part. And this is the way we think we can do it. 
And I th- and it worked. I mean, it, wor- it worked almost as if I was cured of my trauma. And I mean, holy crap, because like, that's huge. And this is something that they they um, advertise to veterans and first responders. And and so that made me think, you know, sometimes when we hear something like Reiki and they go, oh, it's from another culture. Um, well, like you're saying, it's really not. We're all just we're all just vibrating energy antennas you know and so no matter what we what we call it we can find that the same truth within it and, and when someone explained to me like well you're, you're thinking a thing over and over again and that makes you really sad that made sense to me and they're like well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna and then explain the art well then all that made sense to me and i thought to myself well what is it about maybe other cultures or reiki or the words that we might use that maybe discourage people from at least checking it out you know, so, you know, you said that you used to be a Christian and I say the same thing, like, well, I used to be a Christian, but on the other hand, I still speak in what I call Christianese. Like mm-hmm. that, that was the book of wisdom that I learned all of most, all of the wise things that I now know, even if I found them in other books, I would go, oh yeah, that makes sense. I saw this in the Bible and that must be one of the universal truths. And so, um, I think it's really interesting to, to kind of be on this journey and to, to, to consider something 10 years ago. And then after you've learned and you understand more and, and then 10 years goes by and you can understand it again, I'm thinking, you know, I wish we could do that with the podcast and with just, it, I, I feel like if I could just find the words to describe what was happening to other people, then I could help those people. And I'm hoping that's what we're doing with this podcast is just in another, just in another way, we're just trying to spread the good stuff that we find with the good people who are doing it. You know, right. and whatever it is that that is, if the way you describe it might just resonate with somebody a lot better than the way I describe it. And so I'm hoping that that's what we arrive well, at. And then and then if you think as we as we spread out from this interview, um, we're, we're all coming from a different different point of view. You know, I just mentioned I'd been a pastor for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't say I used to be a Christian. I, right, I currently right. I currently am currently claiming. Right, currently claiming to be a Christian. So as I'm, I'm balancing in my head over here, and maybe some of the listeners, so as I'm saying, we're spreading out, you're going to share uh, with, with the people in your world, and Joe, you're going to share, and I'm going to share. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are in my world are going to be Christians listening to this, um, mm-hmm. predominantly. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do we, they're, they're immediately thinking right now, they're tensing up, mm-hmm. and they're thinking, how do I rationalize what's being said? And, I, and, and a lot of times I think they're going to close their mind down and mm-hmm. say, listen, this is outside of... Of, of what I, I think and believe, but mm-hmm. I, I really see, uh, I, I'm kind of relating to what you said back there about um, as science gets further into things, they're noticing this, the spiritual realm, and that the smaller we get, the bigger we're realizing this universe and, and everything in it is. And so I don't think that the, the Christian book, the Bible, uh, um, it, it doesn't give us all the answers all the way through there, but it also doesn't take these things out. It doesn't say, no. But a lot of times the people reading the book will say those things and they'll right. say, you know, and then, then they'll put that interpretation in there. And so I, I love this conversation and this, this idea that we can be open. And I, I really feel that, you know, there's a, there's a Holy Spirit, uh, you know, when you're looking at the Christian Bible, you know, you're looking at the Holy Spirit and it says that, that that's what then when you, when you become a believer, you're, you're filled with this, this spirit that unites us all and connects us all. And so I'm like, man, this is all biblical right here. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about it. We're all, we all have this energy within us. I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit. You're going to call it an, an energy, but science is going to back up both of us. At well, this I, would, I would also call it the Holy Spirit because that was honestly the part of the Trinity that really um, uh, intrigued me the most is like that sense of mystery and awe. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, even like the Bible starts off with in the beginning was the word. And so if you actually take the lessons of those wise words uh, to heart, then you taste your own words before you even say them. Uh, every word has the power to to create, um, as long as it's in accord with the universal principles, or what I would call even, you know, like I'm, I am a big believer in Christ consciousness and uh, learning the lessons of, of what comes there. And I think that there's uh, a lot of overlap and a lot of parallels between those stories, and we can learn from all those stories and ultimately then form our own unique uh, one-of-a-kind story through our own life, because I think each person is a priceless um, opportunity for the universe or the godliness or whatever you want to call it, the isness, the Holy Spirit, uh, to experience itself in a way that it hasn't before. Mm. And that's, that's really the, the seed within every person, I think, or the elan vital, the uh, spark of life that's in everybody. That's what makes it so unique. We're all sharing the same type of experience as a, as a humanity, but each one is infinitely different. And that's where I think that there's a lot of empowering things with Christianity, or I would even call it Christianity, <laughs> because I like to emphasize the Christ and words matter, uh, sounds mm. matter. Um, and so for me anyway, and I also don't, um, you know, I resonate with a lot of what I consider to be spiritual truths throughout the Bible and through Christianity, Christianity. But I also, um, you know, like I run into this with my dad a lot because it's, it's just always referring to God as he, which kind of puts it into a gender and I don't think it has to be he or she I, I like the I like the term isness or Holy Spirit even because it kind of implies something that's beyond how we label ourselves and I think so often we're we're living our lives by these labels and a lot of them are unconscious I am this I am that I want to be this I was that mm -hmm. and I think that those are really just limiters on our consciousness on our on our own um, experience of what can really be you know, whether you call it God or the, or the Holy Spirit or anything like that, they want us to live an interesting life based on what we're called to do. And I think that's what gives it the most rich experience, just kind of like ants, they all bring back a, a fresh perspective back to the, to the colony. And um, what we're doing is we're bringing back a fresh perspective to the uh, complete experience of consciousness, really. Mm. And that's kind of why I look why are at we that. Here? Exactly. Why are we here? If, if we're all supposed to be these, uh, these same robots experiencing the same exact thing, we, we all have the same thing flowing through us, but our experiences are meant to be unique and different. And as uh, uh, I, would, I would put it, you know, unique masterpieces, each, each one of us. The Bible says that as well. And then I'd, I love, I'd, I could go down so many rabbit trails from what you've just said, but I love that you said that you don't like that the Bible says he all the time. And I've, I've always rationalized that in my head as, as uh, just a language barrier, right? There, there wasn't this, this thought for whoever was writing the, that unique book at the time. There, there wasn't... Uh, King uh, the, James. Right, there wasn't, you know, there, but there wasn't this, uh, this word to describe a, a genderless being that, that created everything. And so just he became it because it was more than likely a male writer relating to himself and and then we get we get he but i like when um god introduces himself to uh, moses he says i am exactly. there's no gender there at all i, I just i am yeah and, and it's Rich just it's just being there richard bach in his book uh, illusions is what gave me the idea of the isness and i really like that the i like isness, that you know the isness mm -hmm. yeah 
we can go down this. We 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 can like super go down this whole religious. I know. I'm just thinking like, should I keep going with this or should I change the subject? Yeah, I we think can always come back. To we can this. come back to it if we I want like to. It. I think um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it though. I really enjoyed it. And and two uh, quick left turns and a right turn, and we're in new territory. That's right. <laughs> so let's, I enjoy let's, it too. Let's let's go on. Let's go on with what you had a prepared next question. Let's see what that is. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about your hobbies. So um, I find all too often that I, since I love what I do so much that I, I tend to become a workaholic accidentally. Um, so uh, what are the things that you do to try to like get yourself out of that headspace and just to refresh? I would say with my hobbies, I'm a workaholic too mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like work. It feels like um, working on a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It feels like... Uh, you know, it's a it's a infinite piece puzzle, but there's always parts that are making sense and demanding to be put together, or assembled. And so, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of uh, music creation, songwriting, and things like that. I'm also a throat singer, so sometimes I'll just you know throat sing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> don't want to overwhelm the mic oh, too much baby. there, but it's like making your windpipe into a didgeridoo. But I guess for me, my hobbies are really um, you know. If I've been cooped up for too long, mm-hmm. um, I, I just enjoy going for a walk, especially when it's so hot. And uh, this might be like tall person's privilege or whatever, but I love to go for a walk at like midnight or one in the morning mm-hmm. uh, after a hot day. It's been so hot and you're kind of like scampering from one cool environment to another. I like to go outside and feel the coolness and walk with ease through that. Um, when it's winter, I still like to make myself go out and, uh, <laughs> and go for a stroll, you know, sometimes even if it's just around my house, I'd stay barefoot cause I like to feel those engagement of the senses, you know, uh, Wim Hof, he, he talks a lot about being in cold. So I think that that's, uh, for people who are in Montana, they get, they get the, there can be some positive effects to the cold too, in that it kind of keeps you stimulated. Um, but my hobbies are really just, um, enjoying, uh, my own exploration of myself through my creativity, but then also like, how can we make that happen for others too? And uh, so that, that, that takes on a lot of different shades. Cause sometimes it's just like having a going out, I've been cooped up in the house and I'll go out to somewhere like Jakers or whatever and sit there and have a meal and overhear what people are talking about. And before you know it, you're in a conversation that in their own way is probably one of the most interesting things they've had happening in their days and so mm-hmm. that to me is like uh, probably a hobby of sorts <laughs> and so i like what you i like what you first said I, I don't know if either one of you saw i was getting a drink but i raised my hand up because yeah. i was so excited i try to when i'm raising my children i have three biological and uh, about 14 foster children they come to my home but a, a, one of the big messages i try to to get out there to them that they can hear and, and i say it in as many different ways as possible but your job should be your hobby you should be able to enjoy whatever you're getting paid to do or, or even not getting paid to do, but whatever you're getting, you know, it's filling up so much of your time. Why would you do that and not enjoy it? So let's not think about money. Let's not pursue a career just because it's, it's high paying. Oftentimes those things can go together as you're pursuing a passion and you're getting after it. But essentially you should, you should not necessarily need a vacation. We've lived, we've, we've cultivated this, this atmosphere around us, especially in America, where to pursue things, it just takes all of this amazing hard work, which it does. But that should that um, that hard work shouldn't be <laughs> as hard as we make it. it. It shouldn't. It should be. There's there should be this joy that comes from you when you're when you're pursuing that passion and the things that you you love and enjoy. So, mm-hmm. 
Man, as opposed I, to I, an emptiness, you know, right. or like a lot of times I've even noticed in my own life when I go for a vacation, that hard earned, well-deserved vacation and you get back towards the tail end of it, you're like, man, I need a vacation from vacation. Right. Because you're yep. just, there is so much expectations built up in it and there's so much, you know, that's when life is supposed to be lived. And it's like, no, life is supposed to be lived every day, even through the sweat of hard work or the despair of just kind of feeling alone sometimes. So, And if your only motivator is getting compensation in the form of, uh, you know, direct deposit into your bank account every few weeks that that it's not enough i mean it's not enough it's enough for i, I mean i guess some people make an entire career out of it but, there are certain but, people who are that's that's their thing they just like the money and you know i'm not sure if there's anything wrong with that I <laughs> but it just gets it gets tough at least for me that's what i've experienced mm-hmm. in my life is for me if what i'm doing for a living is is only for the paycheck uh, it's only going to mo- motivate me for a short season one one chapter in the book that i call my life it's just going to motivate me for that little bit of time yeah. But, you know, now just pursuing at 39 years old, pursuing what, what I love and enjoy and, and talking with you two gentlemen, like, like this, this is it. Feels right. It does. And I think that um, that's another part of the podcast that we like to, um, that we liked, and I didn't write this down as a question, but maybe we'll, we'll talk about it now, is the, is the mistakes and being wrong. You know, because I find that when people are going after something and they, well, quote unquote fail, or they didn't get to where they wanted to get to. It's, it, it's a lot of the times they, they won't learn the lessons that they're trying to be taught and they won't see that maybe what they were going after wasn't the right thing. Because of, like you said, the expectation, you know, well, usually I'm just, I live this humdrum life, but now I'm going to Florida and for the next three days, I'm going to be this different person and, you know, I'm going to go surfing and all this stuff. And you forget that, well, maybe you're a really pale person who doesn't actually like the ocean and those commercials look great, but for you, it's not going to be all your expectations. You were just sold on something and we all get sold on something. We all get sold on whatever expectation. And I think the mistakes and, and, um, embracing mistakes is, is I, I guess the, the next, my next question is I would ha- that I would have for you. Like what's one of the greatest mistakes or what are, what are some of the greatest mistakes if you want to go that way, either like small ones that you kind of mm-hmm. do all the time or man, there was a really big one that has a great story attached to it. And what did you learn from that mistake that got you to your next happy place? Well, I would agree with you and your sentiments there. And that to me, a mistake's not really a mistake until you repeat it. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise it's just a learning opportunity and uh, so I really try to learn from my mistakes, and I don't enjoy the process of repeating mistakes. I have done that before, um, both in personal levels, both in business levels, um, maybe trying to monetize art or things like that, and learning those lessons. But they've all been well-earned lessons, too. And like you said, they do kind of shape your path in a different way that um, maybe you didn't predict out of the gate. And then you're like looking back, and you're like, oh... I'm so glad it happened this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the courage to, it's not even about failure. It's not even about recognizing a mistake. It's about adventuring and learning. And that's not always like a pretty or a clean path. You know, many times you're, uh, you got to come back uh, tired to really like tired and beat down by life to really then kind of appreciate when things take an upswing. And many times I think from that upswing, I've learned this from trading and charts and things like that. Like a lot of times you don't get a big spike in value in life until you've kind of had a, a little bit of a falling knife, a little bit of a, a burnout period, something uh, uh, to bottom out on. Mm-hmm. And um, 
to deny, like, I think that uh, living over in Missoula and just in a variety of places, especially when I talk a lot of these quote unquote concepts, esoteric concepts, there's a there's an underlying uh, assumption that I think people make that life should be perfect. And it's like, no, it's 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 not about being perfect or it's not about um, always being positive. It's about recognizing <clears throat> both the positivity and the, the struggles so that you can really have that um, that variation of shades. You know, you can kind of, uh, uh, it, it takes on deeper meaning. You know, you, can, you wouldn't notice the light if you didn't have dark and, and likewise. So the yin-yang kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think you've got to embrace your mistakes um, and learn from them. Be honest with yourself. It, it helps to cultivate a sense of self-honesty. I really think like an honest dialogue with yourself. What do I really want? What am I really learning here? But um, but go for it. You know, if you if you if you fall down, it's an opportunity to get up, and all those other uh, go get it phrases. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. sure. Well, and if you look at, I, I did a lot of studying on organizational and uh, you know yeah organizational growth, and you, when you look at a a growth chart of any organization, eventually it's going to come to an end, but it, it usually looks kind of like a, a camel hump. But when an, when an organization really starts to succeed, they do have that little dip when then they, they realize, you know, something's not working correctly. And just like you said, it's not necessarily a mistake. It could be a mistake if that's how you want to define it, but it's only a mistake if that, that keep keeps trending it. down. Mm-hmm. It's not a mistake if, if after that trending down, it, it trends back up for that you know, organizational growth or stock or, you know, whatever you're looking at, that flow right. chart of life that, that as long as that goes back up, it's not a mistake. And it, and it, it's, you're going to have little dips as it goes up and down. So the, the, when you, when you pull back out and you look at that chart, it's going to be a nice, pretty camel hump as you go through that. But if, when you zoom in, you're going to see those little divots all through there as you're learning and, and, and growing. And then the other thing I thought of while you were talking was, I don't know why, uh, but I'm going to share it is is a rainbow, and so when you when you look out outside after a rainstorm, you see a rainbow, and I was trying to think, well, they're perfect, aren't they? Like they're <laughs> scientifically, they got to look the same because it's light refracting through water, you know, as it whatever. But they're not. They're not. Each rainbow I've seen has has been uniquely different, and and they're not this this perfect thing. You can't get this full spectrum of violet or you know maybe at the other end of the spectrum or whatever you know you, you don't get to see all of it or you know you can get a double rainbow you know all these different things they all are are just uniquely different even when involved in just science and mathematics and that's what i got in my head as you were explaining that so i really like that i like that too i hadn't thought about a rainbow that way but you're right yeah yeah um this uh past week uh, my wife and i have been going on uh, so we do self-improvement stuff i'm not sure if it's maybe that's one of our hobbies i guess but we but something that she said this week um about self-compassion really hit me you know because i'm a guy and i i just think it's funny when i make a mistake and i i just talk to myself i go joe you idiot what the heck you doing you dumb moron and i'll just i'll even say it out loud as i'm (laughs) you know, talking to myself, being really mean to myself. But in my head, I'm like, well, that's how I would talk to like one of my buddies. You know what I mean? They know I don't mean that. I'm just, you know, that's how I would talk. And they, you know, they're not going to take any offense. Um, But I realized that, you know, if I just would stop doing that and be nicer to myself, like, and she said, just try to not do that. Just try to, even if you think it's, you're not doing anything. Well, you probably are. You probably are being kind of down on yourself. And I thought, dang, maybe you're right. And so, you know, the last week when I'd, I'd go, darn, I, I did this. She goes, well, why don't you forgive yourself? Why don't you have a little self-compassion? You know, is that the, really the worst thing? And I go, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And it would stop me. And I noticed that, you know, instead of for the next 
20 minutes to an hour or whatever I would use to, you know, whip myself, um, I, I just went, well, you did that. And I guess we, that's not so bad, you know, no, no, no harm, no foul. And then afterwards I was like, wow, I guess I do feel a little, a little lighter. I, and my, my, my week improved. So, and you, and you realize that like those words did have power, even though you weren't like consciously thinking you were giving them power, they, they yeah. did have power in your life. I, <laughs> words have power, whether I give them and power I, or not, I guess. I, I think it was Eminem that said that, um, a lot of truth is said in jest. I'm not saying it right, but there was one lyric oh, yeah. you had where there's a lot like, of truth. Is a lot of truth is said in jest, and so even though you were joking, like mm-hmm. there was some truth behind that of how you actually really yes. kind of felt about yourself. Yes. The, so, a story that came to mind just briefly there is uh, my grandma Millie, um, rest in peace, love you, grandma. And uh, she used to always, uh, you know, it's like that Norwegian thing where like a curse is like ufta or something like that. Uh-huh. But instead of the the well popular uh, used. Um, uh, inverse of this, she would always say, God bless it. And instead of, you know, the other terms that we hear out there, which I think is actually one of the most powerful curses there is. Mm. Um, but God bless it is like a way to express, you know, you could hear it in her tone. She was upset with something, but she's actually focusing the energy in somewhat of an organic or like a positive direction there, you know? Um, yeah. and, I, and I always, uh, I remember her saying that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That'd be a good way. I like those little, and, and it's, and like an organization, when you guys are talking about um, uh, when an organization gets better, um, if you guys have read the book From Good to Great, mm-hmm. right? That it's just little things, you know? We don't have to look ourselves in the mirror and go, well, going back to the drawing board, this is all crap, let's just start over. No, you'd go, well, I'm great, everything is good about me, except for maybe I could adjust this or talk to myself a little nicer or maybe drink one glass of water a day. You know, if you, if you don't do that, if you don't drink one glass of water a day, try drinking one glass of water a day for the next week and being a little nicer to yourself and just see what happens. And this is like from that book, good to great. It's like the little things you try them out if they work great. And if they didn't work, well, it was just a little thing. So no harm. And in, in my full-time position at, at Childbridge, my, my job is recruiting foster families. Mm -hmm. And we don't try to convince or coerce anybody into it. It's just to try to come to an educated decision and, and walk with them through it. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we think of this, this change we're making in our life to, to then take in children from, from hard places as a big, giant leap. But what I try to do in, in my position is break it down into those little teeny steps. Well, the first thing is, like, let's just go get dinner. Bring all your questions. The next thing is, like, we're just going to send an email. The next thing is we're just going to do that. And it's just these little teeny steps. And before you know it, you've climbed this whole flight of stairs by the time you're done. But it, when we look at making changes in our life, we oftentimes want to, you know, January 1st, we want to get a gym membership and we're going to go every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like our, our lives don't work that way. They don't work that way. Like just start saying nicer things to yourself, right? Like just go for a walk at midnight or one in the morning barefoot in that the cool, crisp air, right? Like find something that you enjoy that's going to make a healthy change in your life to, to move that, that meter yeah. <laughs> in the right direction. And unfortunately, you may not see it on a commercial of a gym because they're going to want you to go to their gym and do their thing <laughs> between this time and this time for this much money, which yeah. may be great for you. And it is for a lot of people. But for a lot of us, we're looking for what works for me specifically. Mm. And that answer is something different at different times for each person. So it's like really cultivating that sense of like, what is, what is it for my day or my moment ultimately? And the more that you can kind of be in the moment talking with yourself, the more you're going to have 
an enriched um, experience in your own life. I think day to day, sometimes it is going to be the gym. Other times it's going to be, you know, playing music or whatever. Other times it's going to be just allowing yourself to feel, you know, like garbage too. There's some mm-hmm. days where you just got to read a book and not try to get anything done, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like take a nap, whatever it is, take a bath. That's one of my hardest things to do is say, I'm not accomplishing anything right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just going to be recharge the be. battery. Yep. <laughs> yep. This so has we're, been a lot of fun. We, we're, we're at a, an hour and three minutes and 24 seconds right now. But there's one question I think we, we have to ask. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a question we, we ask every person that we, we bring on here. Okay. And it comes with this this sound right here. Oh, do you yeah. remember the question, Joe? I do. Do you want me to ask it? I want you to ask it. I'm going to hit the button. Okay. So if you had a magic wand, that was really that was, scary. That was the wrong one. That was the wrong one. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Take two. If you had a magic wand... What would you use it to accomplish? I do have a magic wand, actually. (laughs) And I like to do it to invoke uh, the universe, um, the sentience of the universe, to um, basically create a reality of richness for myself, but also in alignment with the benefit of all beings. Mm, I like that. That's what I do with my magic wand. You call in in the... um the forever beings of the universe, whatever they may be, and say, can you provide a reality that will work great for me and all those around me? Well, I believe that we live in a, in a like universe that. of abundance as opposed yeah. to a universe of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so it's really just invoking being in, in an empty space, a space of emptiness, of allowance, mm-hmm. of um, things to happen. You could call it God's will or you could call it a spiritual presence, whatever you want, whatever motivates you, whatever drives you, whatever lights you up. But uh, that's what I use my magic wand for. Oh, and when when I think about the resources around us, we we think of them as a finite thing. You know, when you think of gas and oil or air or money or time or whatever those things may be, it all it's all finite. So it's hard for us to imagine that we can get you know energy and and positivity from an an infinite source. Right. It's really hard to, to picture that. So I well, like and if that. there was one thing that I would I would just like to leave people with too, it's like if I could focus, have people focus on one thing. Um, I think in this this day and age, there's a lot of um, it's all good. There's there's a lot that's driven through uh, dividing us, making us feel like we're divided or that we're separate from things. And ultimately, no matter how people choose to identify or how they uh, practice their lives, um, whether spiritual or not, uh, we are all. Um, that we have that divine spark within. It's like the Elan Vital is the old Latin term for it, but it's really, we are all united in that. And if we start uh, thinking of humanity as being united in that, then that's really what um, can can help us to make, celebrate our differences and grow from it and really make a more enriched world instead of like kind of trying to hold on to water or steal energy from others. Um, when we really could have all the energy that we need uh, just by by being open and sharing in that human joy instead of the human suffering. So, mm. all right, well put. <laughs> we don't we don't need to add on to that. That that was that was fantastic. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks so much for coming in and talking with us today. I had a lot of fun. I'm going to have to have you guys on the uh, public radio airwaves too. So that'd be fun. fun. Yeah, cross cross pollinate. Yeah, yeah, we'd enjoy that. We'd enjoy that. I I want to give anybody listening another opportunity. So if they're you know they've hung on with us for for this amount of time, first of all, thank you so much for for listening to the entire podcast. If you want to connect, how how are they going to connect with you? Um. 
Best way is, I suppose, email. It's uh, Gabriel, G-A-B-R-I-O-W-L, at gmail.com. That's my best uh, email that doesn't get spammed mm. like crazy. I'm also on Facebook, Gabriel Vasicek. Um, you can find me and my music online on YouTube under Gabriel. If you look at Gabriel, it's a very unique name. I haven't found anybody else with that name yet, so mm-hmm. you can probably track it down with uh, G-A-B-R-I-O-W-L. Awesome. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so Facebook, Gmail, with, with any questions, somebody might, if they have a follow-up question for you that we didn't, we didn't get to uh, concerning anything that you're doing, yeah, shoot them an email, find them on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we found a unique thing with Get After It. I didn't do a bunch of, we talked about it last podcast, but I didn't do a bunch of research when I, when I was like, hey, this should be the name of the, the podcast. It's not like Gabriel. We, there are a few com- Competing, competing, competitor, competitor. Yeah, somebody named Chris Chris Cuomo. <laughs> Who knows? Who's heard of this guy? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. And so apparently, there's some other get after it podcasts out there. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it our own. And so if, yeah. if you're looking for this podcast, you can go to Instagram, get after it underscore podcast. You can find Joe Ryan Acoustic, all one word, on Instagram. Brian dot Gus on Instagram. We haven't made a Facebook page yet. Uh, we we are trying to get the YouTube up and running, but we do have a YouTube. It's uh, Get After It Radio because podcast was already taken. That should have been a sign. Maybe. Yeah, that should have been a sign. But Get, get After It Radio. Um, forgive yourself for that. Have some compassion for yourself. I, I do. I do. I do. Uh, through all of this, I am not. It's just a mistake we've made, and we're going we're gonna to move through it and learn from it. That's good. And so same thing, get after it, radio at gmail.com if you have any questions for us, uh, anything like that. And I, I think we'd like people, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, yeah. uh, if you're listening on that particular platform, we'd love if you took the time to rate and review. That's going to help us move up the charts. Um, Apple takes uh, you know, all their analytics that are behind there. And the more rates and reviews we get, especially positive ones. So if you're out there right now and you're thinking, oh, this is a three-star podcast, please yeah. do not rate or review. If you are out there and you're thinking five-star, that's who we need. We want to recruit you. You five-star raters, Mm -hmm. give us a couple lines in that review of how amazing Joe Ryan is or Brian Gustafson is Mm -hmm. or just the Get After It podcast in general. Leave a review there. Give us a rating. And and that's going to help us out more than just about anything else you could do um, besides sharing with a friend. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, we'd really appreciate you to share with a friend um, on any of the social media platforms you may use and and help us get our word out there. Anything you'd like to add, Joe? I second all that. It's a second. I just seconded. I was thinking, no, that covers it. Please listen to us. Um, Thank you for listening. If you already are, send us any reviews to us if you'd like, and then, you know, do the public ones to help us out. We'd really appreciate that. And we we hope to be talking at you next week. Yep, Tuesdays, 5 o'clock. Outro music. Get after it. Happy trails. Until next week. (laughs) 